the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Had a bit of a technical glitch yesterday, but we're back live. I'm surprised there's been so few technical glitches, all things considered, with COVID being all that it is. You know? You know? Uh, Stocks are rising, despite tougher virus rules. We're looking at 2021, I think, with eyes wide open right now and thinking, what is this year going to look like? You're starting to hear people make pretty bold predictions. It's going to be a very good year. Even at the same time where we're asking for money for small businesses. There's a famous, famous, famous restaurant in the Bay Area called the Cliff House. Because it's on a cliff that looks like one day it's going to fall into the ocean. And they just shut their doors forever and ever and ever. And it's just like, you could have made it six more months. And like, no, that's a long time, actually, right? Uh, There's some wars going on out there, the way we're talking about them. Whether it's Antifa and Black Lives Matter, whether it's the Republicans and Democrats, whether it's a big restaurant change and small mom and pop restaurants, or as the man said today, Warren Buffett, there's an economic war. Warren Buffett has urged Congress to extend relief for all small businesses. Goldman Sachs says 90% of small businesses have exhausted their PPP funds. I think the country owes it to the millions of small business people just renew the PPP and gets to the end of the tunnel. So says Warren Buffett. The window to apply for PPP loans expired earlier this year, even with funds remaining in the program. Now, late Monday... A bipartisan group of lawmakers unveiled a stimulus proposal that will include about $300 billion to support small businesses. I like Warren Buffett, and I think he's right. Congress should act. Uh, when will the vaccine be available to you is another one of those subheaders of the headline news. And it's important from an economic standpoint because essentially I want to get – what are we going to have, like a red mask that says I've been vaccinated? Because we're still going to want to wear masks. They're still going to ask us to wear masks because you can be asymptomatic. I know you're saying, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yes. Um, so until the mask mandate ends, Google said you can, no one's going to have to come back to work until September, I think is what they said yesterday. So that to me seems to frame the outside of how long we're going to be wearing masks. But what color mask or what letter should you have on your mask when it's deci- when it's when you've been vaccinated? 
How many people will be vaccinated? Lots of questions to answer. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Bad times clearly loom ahead. Yesterday, if I had gone on air, I wanted to bring up one crazy statistic. More people in the United States have died of COVID than died in the entire World War II. That's pretty insane for people like Joe Rogan to, to be a denier. That's pretty insane. When you start looking at the million plus worldwide, you're starting to get to Holocaust numbers or Pol Pot numbers. You're starting to get to numbers that are, are tough to even fathom. Hmm. U.S. factory output rose more than forecast on auto production. That's interesting news, don't you think? Economically, we're doing okay. Not great. Not good. Better than bad. Not quite good. U.S. manufacturing output rose by more than forecast in November, thanks to a boost in auto production. Manufacturing has been on a steady, albeit gradual path recovery since the pandemic ended. Upended, excuse me. Uh, sometimes the words miss me. Auto production jumped 5.3%, and that includes auto parts, which is kind of one of the big sub-stories anytime there's an economic recession is that we hold on to our cars longer. Then you get into the really dull numbers of manufacturing. Manufacturing capacity utilization rose. Utility output declined. Speaking of auto production, Ford. Beep, beep. The Mustang Mach-E is arriving at Ford dealerships as its first new all-electric vehicle. The company has an investment plan for electrification through 2022. And it's $11 billion spend. The importance of the Mach-E for Ford can't be understated as it needs to convince Wall Street that Ford's electric vehicle plans are headed in the right direction. Clearly, clearly aimed at the Tesla Model Y. But if you take a look at it, you can see that the engineers also took inspiration from very odd places. The iPhone and Netflix. What? <laughs> the Mustang Mach-E is hitting dealer showrooms now. Just in time for Christmas. But it's got a 15 and a half inch center screen as its control center. Pricing, performance, and technology such as over-the-air updates, driver-assisted technologies. Very comparable to the Tesla Model Y. It's got an infotainment system. Um, you've got profiles for each person in the family. That's the, the theft from Netflix. Owners can program the car to precondition the cabin daily based on driving schedules. So I, I would almost refer to Ford's electrification as a non-Tesla buyer angle. People who want electric but who don't want to support Tesla. 65% of Mach-E pre-order owners are now new to Ford. So maybe it's some people that want like the Midwest. They don't want the California angle, but they want the hot rod. It's a funky looking car. It doesn't quite look like the, the Mustangs from the 60s. I had a girlfriend who had a 1969 racing Mustang. I'm not into cars, but that was a very good-looking vehicle. So it's going to try to hold on to what would be referred to as Mustang DNA. 
both Tesla and GM have reached a cap that allows the tax credit to companies' first 200,000 electric vehicle buyers. Ford will have that advantage over Tesla with that $7,500 federal tax credit. Um, that'll be interesting. So I, I think that's a nice story. I don't think that's a get up and wake the kids kind of story for Wall Street. I think it'll be one of the big stories on CNBC all day long. Take a look at the market. Things opened higher, but have started to already come back a little bit lower. Again, and it feels like we are waiting for stimulus. But Apple has ordered more iPhone 12s. So they're selling better than expected, to the tune of 20% more than the last round of phones. That's pretty good news. That's moving the stock higher today, and it's probably also moving the, holding the markets up today because it's such a big company. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com as well as newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So, we've all resorted to living a slightly different way, correct? Uh, I'm always fascinated by American ingenuity. I really am. Uh putting together last second Christmas gifts or holiday gifts is a better term. And I haven't played any Snoopy Christmas music this year. I'm being Grinchy. It's the one that is the most annoying one of all, you know, the Lulu. Lu, lu. But I was looking at shoes, trying to like, what do you get teenage boys? What do you get an 18 year old boy? And I'm like, why not get them Nikes? So and then I get to like the top selling Nikes of the year kind of thing. It's pretty crazy what's going on out there. And there's a company, Goat, greatest of all time, and they're selling, reselling sneakers. Who knew that reselling sneakers would be a business? Whether they be Air Jordans or Yeezys. Um, it's pretty impressive. People are making thousands of dollars doing it. Sneaker resale industry, get this. It's worth $2 billion in North America, and globally, it's about $30 billion expected by the year 2030. That's big business. Now, again, I, I've got a good gig, and i got a good hustle. But if I was 20, 25, 30, I would say, I wonder if I can break into this market, or is it already controlled by the most powerful people in the world? And thus, you'll never be able to do it. But side hustles always impress me. I'm impressed with people who are uh, drivers. When you do an Instacart and it looks like the mother of five is delivering groceries to your house. And you're like, she could be at home raising kids, but she's making ends meet. I'm hearing more and more and more of that. There's a school teacher who... I don't know much about this. Have you heard about the website Fans Only? Where essentially you could do risque stuff. Now, I'm neither good looking nor would anyone, you know, want to see a financial guy like, how shall we say, sit topless <laughs> or seductively have a glass of coffee, a cup of coffee. 
I, I can't do any of that. And you can, you can imagine where this website goes. It, get, it gets pretty dark. But she's a paramedic. She wasn't a school teacher. Excuse me. EMT. Um, so she's a medical person that saves lives, right? And she's doing a little side hustle where she's really good looking. So some people are asking her to do lewd things. She got fired for the side hustle. Now, that brings up a lot of questions. Was she talking to patients saying, oh, by the way, if you want to see me with this off, come to my, like, then you get it. But you don't get, like, it's just weird what's going on in this world right now with side hustles. I've heard that some bartenders are opening up bars and, like, pop-up areas. That's, they, they can't go to the bar. So what they're doing is they're going to Costco, buying all the liquor they can buy, and telling their regulars, yeah, come on over to my house or to the, you know, the high school uh, parking lot. Just fascinating how Americans have that hustle on them, don't, isn't it? Speaking of hustle, when you're the Duke of Sussex, do you really need to have your own podcast? And the answer is yes. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex are getting into podcasting. They've signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. Spotify stock is moving higher on this news. Do you want to hear fascinating? On television last year, I've done, let's say, 200 hits. The one that got the most eyeballs on the internet by a crazy amount was when I did the story about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex getting, I know, yeah, getting not a YouTube channel, but a production company, buying a house in Montecito, uh, subdivision of uh, Santa Barbara. So that story got easily 500 times as many views. It was like 56,000. It was crazy how many people saw my YouTube presentation of that for my television work. So let's talk about it. It's a huge grab for Spotify. Spotify in the year of the pandemic, 2020. A year that should have been about visual clarity. Not so much. Spotify spent the summer beefing up its creator list. President Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Kim Kardashian, Tim Tuck influencer, Addison Ray. I don't know Addison Ray. That's one of those names that someone's become famous. And honestly, I feel bad for saying this. You could put three people in front of me and I've got a 33% chance of figuring out which one she is. And for the record, Addison could be a male's name, so maybe I wouldn't even have the right sex. So Harry and Meghan, as I like to call them, because who wants to be referred to as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex? They're going to attract a whole bunch of new subscribers. I, I don't get it. I've got a family member, uh, extended family member, that she got up in the middle of the night to watch their wedding. And I'm like, really? You couldn't watch the highlights on it the next day? You couldn't see the dress online and go, ooh, got up in the middle of the United States in Los Angeles. So you can watch Prince Harry and Meghan. So they're going to have a holiday special. Speaking of Peanuts and Snoopy holiday special music, that's going to be their first podcast. It comes three months after the royal couple signed a major multi-year deal with Netflix to make documentaries, docu-series, feature films, scripted shows, children's programming. So I guess that's their side hustle, speaking of side hustles, right? 
you don't knock the hustle. Stepping down from their roles as senior royals and moving to the U.S., Harry and Meghan seem to be following similar paths to the as the Obamas. So the Obamas also have a production company called Higher Ground. And they, too, have signed deals with Netflix and Spotify. And the Michelle Obama podcast launched this summer. So Spotify is on to something as far as their exclusive content. Because whether you like it or not, a lot of people want to hear what Michelle Obama says. I'm not saying she's equal to the draw of Oprah. But Prince Harry and, and Meghan, they, they've got some draw too. So I like the way Spotify is saying content does matter. I do a podcast and Spotify is not knocking down my door. Um, I'm on Spotify. But you see how exclusive content still has some sway, which goes to the television world. What's the only thing that's really exclusive anymore is sports. Everything else can be watched later, watched earlier, binged. But the only thing that can be watched in real time, because the internet will spoil it for you if you don't, is sporting events. That's essentially all ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox have to hold their hats on to as far as broadcasting goes. And it's interesting to watch companies like Disney say, we're going to reevaluate how we make content. We're not going to make it an ABC head ABC. We're just going to make content. We're not going to have an ESPN head. We're just going to make content. Content is king. Find my content at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. So I spent my day yesterday reading the UCLA Anderson forecast for the U.S. economy and the world economy. It seems if I were to boil it down for you, because these aren't fun reads. It's not a page turner. But the key issue is going to be how do we make it through spring? These next few months will be dire with rising COVID-19 infections, continued physical distancing, and the expiration of social assistance programs. Fiscal relief would prevent unnecessary hardship it appears that our government is on the path to doing that by the end of this week. But I think I tried unsuccessfully to, to pin hopes on that actually happening before the election and didn't. Fiscal relief would prevent unnecessary hardship, so says UCLA's Anderson forecast. What was interesting and what was sexy in a page turner was they also talked about the solar industry. California produces and consumes more solar than any other state. Last September, nearly 20% of the net electricity generated in the Golden State came from solar. That was a moment that wowed me. I, I didn't get excited and call over the kids and the wife. Like, children, children, please come. Father has something to say. California generated 20% of its net electricity from solar. But I am kind of stoked by that. And I'm not a climate activist or anything like that and I've consumed my share fair of plastics and sometimes my recycling has been less than ideal but that's kind of cool in my opinion so we don't get a lot of earnings this week we get Lennar on Wednesday 
they're a home builder and they'll give us a little something. FedEx on Thursday will give us a lot, probably on COVID delivery of vaccine, as well as the holiday season. An oldie, but a goodie. Blackberry releases earnings on Thursday as well. Do you remember the first time you had a Blackberry in your hands? And you're like, look at this. There's a full keyboard here. And somehow Apple outdid them. They were able to wear the king of the phone business, mobile phone business, crown for like, it feels like a day in history. But they're still up and kicking somewhere, somehow, some way, some shape, some form. Friday also, we get Nike earnings. Uh, that'll give us some global sales. It'll also tell us how the factories are doing in Asia. Um, for those of us who don't get out all that often, I kind of want to know, how is Asia dealing with the flu? My brother Michael is a scientist in Japan. And uh, I asked him the other day, I'm like, how's COVID doing in Japan? How's it playing? What's the storyline? Um, and it's pretty similar to here. So, but I would say they've uh, much, much better rates of dealing with it is, is the right answer. But it's still in the air and still got people, you know, overthink, not overthinking because that's the wrong way to say it, but still has a lot of people processing it. Two IPOs that I was looking forward to coming out, um, Affirm and Roblox. They both said yesterday, we're going to hold off. We're not going to launch them this Christmas because we just saw how fantastic two companies did that just came public. Airbnb and DoorDash. And Airbnb and DoorDash left so much money on the table. Billions of dollars. They thought people would pay $30 for a share. The investment bankers gave them $30 and the first trade went off at 120. It's not so much what they thought people would buy them at. It's what would people be willing to sell shares to them for? And the right answer was 120. I'm making up the numbers on both of those companies to give you kind of a group thought that they both left a ton of money on the table because they didn't realize People wouldn't want to sell them unless they could get a super, super, super premium instead of just a super premium. And that has the average investor frustrated. Like, why can't I buy DoorDash at the IPO? Why am I not special? Um, the company got, the companies got screwed. They, they underestimated demand. Or they underestimated who would sell frustrating no so roblox will say something to their investment financial team and a firm will say something to their financial team and something like why don't we just borrow a couple million 100 million and wait a little bit longer and we'll price the ipo even higher and make even more money and have even a bigger war chest going forward that's kind of an interesting concept right now war chests Tesla is, has twice issued shares in the last month with their stocks at all-time highs and having fantastic years and fantastic decade. Why not raise a little bit of money? I'm okay with that. I totally get it. Um, Tesla took on debt through the years to open a factory in Fremont. 
When no one wanted to invest in the company, they took on debt. Now they're paying off that debt and their balance sheet looks a little bit better, but they're also creating a war chest just in case one of those companies that's developing the next electric bike or electric car, or have you ever noticed Tesla cars kind of spell sexy? There's the Model S, there's the three, which looks like an E, there's the Model X and the Model Y. Do I think Elon Musk is being funny? I hope not, because that, that just seems odd. But there's that story. The European Union announces sweeping new rules that could force breakups and hefty fines for big tech. I've got, I don't even want to call him an associate. I've got a fan over the years who has built a very large position in Apple. And he knows I have a very large position in Apple. And he always asks, what are you doing with your Apple? And he's literally turned $5,000 invested in Apple into 240000 I think. Um, and I'm, he goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's not so much what I'm doing. It's what you should do. He has one stock. Not two stocks, one. Not 10 stocks, one. Not 500, one. And his whole retirement could be wrecked if the EU says, you know, we don't like the way Apple plays. It's going to be very tough to pull off because there is competition and they don't, they don't have a monopoly position in phones. They have a monopoly position in profits from phones, but Google and Samsung sell a lot of phones. And there's other companies as well, <laughs> like BlackBerry, <laughs> who sells 10. But the EU is saying, firms like Apple and Google, you are on alert. They're going to have, they must allow users to uninstall apps that have originally come with their devices. So Google Maps is kind of a backdoor to profits. Google email, Gmail is kind of a backdoor to profits. And everyone knows it. Um, failure to comply with new rules could result in fines as high as 10% of the company's annual turnover. In Europe, the remedies could ultimately include forcing companies to disinvest if they breach the rules systemically. Hefty fines is what you should know about that one. Um, there's a lot of sensitivity with the issue. The EU's aim is to enforce remedies that will lead to practical changes rather than finding those breaching the rules constantly. You could look at a fine on Twitter. I think they got uh, a fine announced this week that amounts to one day's of earnings. Like, it's not that much. It's, it's tough to penalize them in something materialistic, material, not materialistic, when you're talking about companies that make a gazillion dollars. When you see how much Apple makes in a quarter, and you see a number like 50 billion, and you go, how long's a quarter? How many years is that? No, 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 it's one fourth of one year. It's 90 days, if I use my abacus correctly. There's 360 days in the year, plus five. So I guess it's 91 days in a quarter. A quarter's a quarter. But I... I think this will be a little bit of a story in 2021. So yesterday, as I'm starting to look for some new investments, 
I have a list of stocks that I like. I have a list of funds that I like, and I kind of want to see where they are right now. And do I want to add anything to that list? One of the areas that I skirted over was, mm, I'm good on big tech. I've got my Google, I've got my Microsoft, I've got my Apple. I've got Amazon and Tesla in S&P 500 funds. So I feel I'm good. That's enough. I'm looking for something else right now. The UK announced that tech giants could be fined up to 24 million or 10% of their annual global turnover, whichever is highest, if they don't take down illegal content quickly. The FTC is investigating how social media firms use personal data and drive user engagement. It also launched a case against Facebook over monopoly concerns. These guys are regularly falling into the crosshairs of regulators and politicians. At some point in time, you do become Microsoft and you overestimate your ability to get out of these and say, ah, it's just a little bit of money. I'm not concerned. I'm just noticing, oh, that's something I want to be aware of and watch carefully. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk about Jay Leno. Um, Stand-up comedian turned late-night talk show host turned Jay Leno's garage. He's a car enthusiast. Let's talk car enthusiast. I'm not a big Jay Leno fan. Just I think all comics, some work for you, some don't, right? Um, he never worked for me. He had a funny routine about Mr. Potato Head and how people in Ethiopia probably think we're the strangest aliens on the planet because they want to eat potatoes and we want to put eyeballs on them. But I remember the something like that. But he, he always talked like this. Marriage is grand. Divorce is about 20 grand. Get it? Marriage is grand. Divorce is about 20 grand. Okay, yeah. Um, I never liked his jokes. <laughs> how, how would it be if we discovered that aliens only stop by Earth to let their kids take a leak? <laughs> it's too mom and pop friendly. That It's something I've never liked. But I had to watch an episode yesterday to see what the car enthusiast would say about the new Ford Mach 3. And I took some notes because this is Ford's chance. They're a 117-year-old company. They're incredibly um, – I haven't looked at a Ford car and gone, I really want one. And when I was six, my own Jay Leno joke was, you know what Ford stands for? Uh, it stands for found on road dead. <laughs> Is that great, America? So, okay. So he's annoying. We got that. But he's also a car enthusiast. We got that. Uh, he had one of the design people from the Mach 3, which uh, I'm not crazy about the name, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to call it the Mustang, call it the Mustang. But when you start putting Mach 3 in it, it sounds to me like a razor blade. Oh, it's Mach-E. Yeah, maybe I got dyslexia. Maybe I saw the E as a three. The Mach-E is aimed squarely at the Tesla Model Y crossover. How much so? Starts at $40,000 for the base. You can get $60,000 performance package, which won't be ready to go on sale until the summer. 
It includes the Mustang design aspects like the long hood, the rear haunch, aggressive headlights, trademark tri-bar tail lamps. The grill is cut out to resemble that of the pony car. I, I think I have a soft spot in my heart for Mustangs. And this kind of makes me sad. So I, I'm seeing some of the similarities. Again, some of the, the things that are different. Ford said that they wanted to put emotion into electric vehicles. And I will agree with that. I have driven a Tesla Model X. I had a Toyota Prius as a company lease car for about a year. And I just found it boring. I found it dull. Maybe I like the sound of, did I leave my lights on? And is the battery going to turn this baby over? Um, I like sounds in my vehicles, right? Vroom, vroom, vroom. So trying to put emotion electric vehicles, I get the idea. Because to me, when you're in a Tesla, it feels kind of futuristic. It feels like I'm in a spaceship that's very, very quiet. They're stealing some Tesla features like um, mom's key will have the seat move in funny ways from mom. Dad's key will have the key set different. You know, he's taller than mom, fatter than mom kind of thing. So they're stealing some aspects of it, which people will like. But it's really for people that don't want Teslas, in my opinion, but want an electric vehicle. And I kind of get it. The Mach-E will go zero to 60 in three-second range with an estimated 459 horsepower and 612 pounds of torque. That makes it faster than a Porsche Macan. In line with Mustang, Shelby, GT500, and the Tesla Model Y. It's got a range of about 300 miles. The one super negative I can find with Ford and GM right now with their electric vehicles is that they don't have the supercharger network. So when you're in a Tesla and you need to charge, like let's say you're going on a long trip, maybe up a mountain and it's cold, you think you're going to get 360 miles, but up the mountain, going over the speed limit, and cold drains your electric vehicle's performance. So those superchargers, you can they're built into the navigation system, and you can find out how many stalls are open. It supercharges your car in 40 minutes, should get you to your destination is the idea. Your destination, you should probably have a charger so you can get full charge, top it off, so to speak. That's the only big difference, and I think this will probably be a pretty good seller for Ford. As people in the middle part of the country... They, they didn't rush out to get electric vehicles. And now that they see, you know, how the features are going that direction, uh, they want an option other than, let's face it, probably on my street, let's say there's 40 houses. There's probably 30 Teslas in front of 40 houses. That's how crowded Teslas have come into the Bay Area. Um, I kind of find them to be kind of douchey cars. Like, Oh, hey, look at me. I got a Tesla kind of thing. And I don't know why I have that opinion of them. Um, I prefer a Toyota Tacoma truck. I know it's got gasoline and it's horrible for the planet. I'm an old dinosaur for saying that. But again, we all have preferences. Trying to put emotion into electric vehicles is a very, very smart design. Because I think that's one of the things that holds back more mass adoption. But they're going to have to figure out something about a supercharger network because you can't count on third parties to set them up all across the country like Tesla's done. 
I'm Rob Black, talk on all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. One last note about Tesla. They're pushing to get deliveries by the end of the year. They're cutting down on their manufacturing. They want more deliveries. It's going to be a very interesting 2021 for competition and deliveries for Tesla. I'm Rob Black.